character of God. Notice in Revelation 19, I'll begin reading in verse 1. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgment, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again they said, Hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who sat on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. Then the voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready, and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, Clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So, last week we saw before the throne, they were saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And uh, really, the number one attribute of God is His holiness. But here we find that there was a great multitude, the sound of, as of the sound of many waters and mighty thunderings, and they were saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. So, they were seeing now, God is reigning, and one characteristic, one attribute that they called our attention to was this. The Lord God is omnipotent. Um, omnipotent is uh, of a Latin origin. Um, omni means all, and potent means strength or power. Now, he's saying about God, he is all-powerful. You know, it's... Uh, It's a sad thing when you run out of power. We say when the electricity goes out, the power's out. But I'm sure you've had many times over in your life where you just didn't have the power to get it done. When I was a kid, my buddy and I found in our garage an old motor. It probably was like a two-and-a-half horse. It came off a real-type mower, R-E-E-L. How many of you remember those? Okay. And it was just sitting in the corner, and we said, I, we asked my dad, hey, can we can we take this and use it, and, and we'd like to make a go-kart. And he said, yeah, sure, go ahead, if you can get it running. Well, we worked. We worked. We finally got it running. 
we built this go-kart out of wood, and uh, his dad helped us get some kind of uh, steering mechanism, and and we, to make it go, we had like a pry bar that the belt, so we'd have to, to pry on the pry bar to tighten the belt so that it would go. I mean, this was as primitive as, as it comes, you know. But man, we took off from his place, the first maiden voyage, you know, and from his place, it went down a hill. We lived on this big circle. It went down a hill and, and went around the circle and then it started slowly going up an upgrade. And, and I remember he was in it and, and we took off and I was watching this and, and man, it was just flying down that hill like, this is, man, this is going to be so fun. And, and he came around the corner and started going up the upgrade and just started slowing down, slowing down, slowing down and didn't even make it up. And we were still excited. I mean, from can't get it started to we had something that's really run. We, that motor just didn't have the power. It couldn't get it done. And all through life, we run into things where we find out we don't have the power. I was reminded um, with the state wrestling tournament when when we were first married, living in Clio in Knoxville, they had an old-timers wrestling tournament. And I said, I think I'm going to go to that. Not to watch, to participate. And I started running and lifting weights, but I didn't have anybody to wrestle with. And I ran and ran and ran, and I lifted weights, and I thought I was in pretty good shape. And I go in there. Their rule was you had to be out of competition one year, out of college competition or high school competition. And I show up there for the weigh-in, and I'm looking around, and there's guys showing up from Oklahoma State University and... And this, this guy, I recognized his name a year, a year ago, he was a state champion at Iowa. And, and, and here, the, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, what am I getting into? So, any rate, I, I didn't get too bad to draw the first match and I didn't win it, but it wasn't too bad. But then you had another match that same night and I went out there and I ran completely out of power. I mean, when it was done, honestly, I didn't know if I could crawl off the mat. I'm not, I am not, you can ask my wife. I mean, I barely crawled, I could, it, it was at what is now the middle school in Knoxville. I could take you and show you the locker I just sat under and I honestly, I thought I was gonna die. It, it was bad. I've, and I've been in training for other things that makes you sick. It was, it was as bad as anything's ever been for me. And, and I, I was supposed to go back the next morning and wrestle. I told Marilyn, I said, we're going home. Can you drive? <laughs> and asking her to drive is a big thing, all right? <laughs> So, powerless. You know, um, 
I think men can relate to power. You know, you want to see how fast will this vehicle go, how much power is in it. Um, that's one reason you like getting a snowstorm. What can we go through in this? We used to have a, a three-quarter ton suburban four-wheel drive jacked up high, you know, and man... So we got this bad storm, and we thought, let's go out and test it out in this pasture, you know. And we're flying, snow's flying and everything. And and we came to this drift that was about four feet deep, you know. You can't tell how deep it is when it's all out there, and all of a sudden we're flying along, and, and it slows down, and you think... You know, you guys have been there. Well, we'll get out of this, back it up, you rock it back and there was no rock in this baby, you know. And it's humbling then to to go ask the neighbor, can you, what were you doing out there anyway? Having fun, you know, that's what you're supposed to do in life. But it didn't have the power to do it. Everything in life has its limits to power except God. He is all-powerful, and and this means that he is able to do anything and everything that he desires. When he plans something, it will come about. If he purposes something, it will happen. Nothing can prevent his plan. When his hand is stretched out to do something, no one can turn it back. The the omnipotence of God, he has the ability to do whatever he dictates. And, And in understanding this, all his power is exercised in accordance with his character. Meaning, he won't exercise power in any area that would violate another characteristic of his. We'll touch on that in just a moment. But God possesses all power. We talked about the authority structure today in the adult Sunday school. And, and he said, all power, in Matthew 28, 18... All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Um, he, he is responsible for all authority. He has all power. Satan's power is allotted to him by God. God is not limited by anything. And God's power is without limits or bounds. Three different times in the Bible, specifically with Abraham and Sarah, the angel of the Lord said, with God, nothing is impossible. In Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17, again it says, with God, nothing is impossible. And then when the angel came to Mary and she said, how how will I... Give birth to a child. I don't know a man. And and the angel said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. The, the power of God 
is only limited by his other attributes. For example, because he is in truth, he cannot lie. See, to say God can do anything, so can he lie? No, lying would violate the attribute that God is truth. And and in in understanding um, that God limits this, he he can can God annihilate himself? No, because God is eternal. He can't annihilate. So his power is limited only by his other attributes. Um, He cannot not keep his word because he is faithful. See, all the attributes work perfectly together, and this power of God, you know, people say, can God make a stone that he can't lift? Well, God wouldn't do that. He can do anything but it's hard for our minds to gather this limitless power, omnipotence of God, without trying to fit him in our boundaries, our box, our life. We live in a day, we live in a... Mankind has always um, seen when, when a, a person of strength they they get power. A person of beauty, they may have power. A person of wealth may have power. A person with charisma may be able to exercise certain power. But all of those will fail. There is nothing about God's power that will fail. And And in understanding this, the power of God, we understand God is able to do what humans cannot. We, we sang this morning, I sing the mighty power of God. There's not a human being that can create even a smidgen of the heat that the sun creates, that God produced. We can't paint the beauty that God can paint every morning and every evening. We can't do in creation. Mankind um, thinks that we're coming a long ways and we've done all these advancements and things. Just the human body alone is still beyond our comprehension, let alone all of creation. And, And God is able to do what humans can't. But most importantly... The power of God, he is able to do what humans can't in that God is able to forgive sin and save souls. No human being, no structure made up of mankind can do that. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. And it's only in the blood of Jesus Christ. And, it, and this is the most important power because only God can forgive sin. Mankind, all the religions of the world and all the works of mankind are trying to convince themselves that I'm, I'm good enough because I've done this and this and this. And God says, no, 
everything you do will fail. The only thing that can forgive sins is the blood of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's God's design. And his power, Paul said, he is able to save to the uttermost them that come to him. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. It doesn't matter what the sin is. The power of God is able to do what no man can do. The power of God is able to forgive sins and save sinners. God's power is also inexhaustible. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28, it says that he neither, even the young men shall fail and grow weary and, and mankind will utterly fail, but it says, but God never grows weary or tired. He never needs to rest and he never nods off. Aren't you glad God never nods off? Oh, oh, what, you know, we've all been there. We're, some of you are there right now, right? Okay. And, and all you heard was nods off and you're thinking, was he talking about me? Did I? No, I didn't. I didn't see you. I didn't notice that. Okay. But because God is all powerful, he never says, I just need a break here. I need, I need to, to refresh. Every one of us, every one of us needs rest. Every one of us grows weary. And life, life is continually teaching us that because as you, the longer you live, the more you realize, wow, I can't do what I used to be able to do. God's power is inexhaustible. It, it, it should be an encouragement to us that his power does not diminish over time. You know, it, um, I, I see uh, uh, several of you here um, have restored old tractors. And, and I think, you know what, when, when that old tractor was new, it was the talk of the neighborhood. You know what? That thing can pull a two-bottom plow, and and it can run all day, and, and you know what I'm saying? But then there came out a better one that had more power. And now look at these monsters, you know. You can barely turn them around in the fields we have down here. you got to go up to Tristan's neighborhood to have tractors that big. But everything is diminished, isn't it? God's power is never diminished. Never diminished. I mean, we can't comprehend that because everything in our, the coffee pot is diminished. Who didn't refill it? You know what? Everything. The bank account is diminished. Your health is diminished. Everything diminishes in this life. But God's power never diminishes. It never gets exhausted. It never grows weary or tired or he is omnipotent, all-powerful, unlimited in authority and influence. So, what does it mean to our life? 
God's omnipotence, number one, should instill worship. Moses in Exodus 15 said, Who is like unto you, O Lord? I mean, he's saying, Job said, There is no one like you. David, my heart is filled with praise to you. And and every one of these attributes that we're looking at, he is infinite, he is holy, he is <clears throat> all-powerful. It should make us praise him. God, thank you that you are all-powerful. <clears throat> that That I can rest in this truth. That what you say you're going to do, you can do it because you are all-powerful, and you will do it. And it should fill us with, with genuine worship. The reason our worship lacks is because we haven't thought on God enough. And this is one little piece of thinking on God, that God is omnipotent, that God is all-powerful. I mean, this is the God that can drive through any snow drift. It doesn't matter how deep it is. You know what I'm saying? This is the God. That's my God. That I can rest in Him. All power. He, he's not filled with any fear by what the United Nations or the European Union or Satan and all his hosts. He has all power. It's, it's, Immaterial to him. He is all powerful. It should fill us with great praise to God and worship. Secondly, it should bring great humility to our own heart. Mankind has always been very humanistic, meaning we elevate man. Wow, look what man can do. Look what man can do. When we compare our power to the power of God, it should humble us. The only reason we're filled with pride is because we've quit seeing God. If we see God and we see in this one aspect His power, I sing the mighty power of God. We see the greatness of God It puts us in perspective. The psalmist said, When I consider the heavens, the works of thy hands, what is man that you are mindful of him? You made him a little lower than the angel. You crowned him with glory and honor. He said, But God, when I consider you and the works of your hands, I am humbled. What is man that you are mindful of us? It should produce humility. Thirdly, it should cause us to have fear and respect. In Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel says, When God smites, none can resist him. God is a God of love, but God is also a God of wrath. And the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 31 says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. This is a God that has all power, and it should strike fear in our hearts that 
I would rebel against this God and this God who has all power. My future, my life, I am subject to this God who is all-powerful. Now, we don't end there. But this aspect that the, the, the good guy upstairs or the old man upstairs, that's not God. This is a God, you imagine the most powerful thing, this is a God of power. And he's not an old man with a long gray beard sitting on a throne up there. And all this stuff that's going on that is completely against his nature and his character, there's coming a day when the grapes of wrath will be stomped out. And he has all power. You read between Revelation 4 and Revelation 19, and you'll find out he is to be respected. He is to be feared because he is a God of all power. The truth of God's limitless power would be absolutely terrifying were it not paired with his limitless goodness. You see the balance here? His absolute power would be overwhelmingly terrifying if it wasn't balanced with his absolute goodness, his absolute love. And they blend perfectly. But to deny one aspect of it, we need to understand he is not an evil dictator. He is benevolent to the core but he has power to bring justice. Fourthly, it should strengthen our faith. Nothing is too hard for God. There is no need too great. There is no problem too complicated. There is no foe too strong. There is no prayer too difficult. Do you understand this affects our faith? We we mentioned in adult Sunday school about the principle of authority and, and having the faith to be under authority and realizing God can raise up and put down. <clears throat> it affects our faith. If, if we don't believe God is all-powerful, it will affect our faith. It will affect our prayer life. It will affect every area of our life. Some say, well, if God is all-powerful, he could defeat a evil. Why is an evil defeated? And if God is all good, he would defeat evil. But it's obvious that all evil is not defeated. So, if God is all good, we know he wants to defeat evil. And if he is all powerful... We know that he can defeat evil, and if evil is not yet defeated, and that's the key, it is not yet defeated, then we know that one day it will be defeated because God's goodness and God's power will guarantee it. We can go into the aspect of, of understanding there is coming a day when God 
will completely do away with evil. You say, well, where did evil come from? If God is perfect, can a perfect God create evil? Well, God created angels. He created mankind. And in his creation, his perfect creation, he gave them, angels and mankind, a choice, a free will. And God perfectly created this, but he gave them a choice, and evil came from them choosing. Satan chose to rebel against God. Mankind chose to disobey God. And so evil came into the world to say, well, God isn't all-powerful because there's evil in the world. Evil came into the world because God gave his creatures the ability to choose. And God will someday completely destroy evil, but he wants people to love him not be robots to serve him, and so he gives us the opportunity of choice. Understanding all of this and looking into this should strengthen our faith. Look at all the things God has done throughout history. Every Christian ought to be a student of history because that means you're a student of the Bible. You read the Old Testament, that's history. And when you learn history, you learn the handiwork of God. And you say, wow, the power of God. Look what God did here with the children of Israel. And look what he did here. And we are living history right now. And someday we'll be able to read of the mighty things that God has done. And many times we don't even see them now. But as you go back and see the hand of God, we mentioned George Washington's birthday. George Washington's coat was filled with bullet holes, and and they said, we specifically aimed at you to take you off your your horse. His coat was filled with bullet holes, and none of them affected him. That was the mighty hand of God. God had his hand to raise George Washington up to lead this. I mean, it ought to increase our faith that this same God, he hasn't grown old 300 years or whatever since George Washington. He doesn't do things like that. This is the same God that I can trust him in my life. And number five, it gives us hope. The Lord, Psalm 27 and verse 1, the Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my song and salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. This is the, what's the strength of your life? The all-powerful God. Whew! What's that thing got in it? That thing got, that thing got a hemi in it? No, that's got God in it. And that's what he put in you when you called upon him for the forgiveness of sin. He dwells within us. And he is the one that is work. I don't need to face life merely with my resources. I have an all-powerful arm to lean on. If I had to pick one verse 
as a life verse, it would be 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That is not very meaningful if our God can grow old, if our God is not all-powerful, if our God needs to rest. But that means greater is he that is in me. This is the all-powerful God. He speaks and the worlds come into existence. This is, is what I can rest in. No task is ever too big for him. We can rest in him. He never fails. He never grows tired. He never gets frustrated or, or discouraged. Wow, isn't that nice? You better be glad he never gets frustrated or he just, we're done. You know, you never have to worry about going to God. Some of us are going to spend extended time with the Lord this afternoon, okay? And so you go in and, and God's down in the dumps. What's, what do you want? You never have to worry about that. He never grows weary. He's never frustrated or discouraged in the sense that that he doesn't know what to do. And he says that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think in Ephesians 3.20 according to the mighty working of God in us. See, many times we just serve a God that's too small. We limit him. God is able to do far beyond what we even ask or think. And we need to come back and praise him for His mighty power first and foremost in forgiving our sins and saving our soul. If you're here today and you have never personally submitted to God and said, God, I need your forgiveness of sin. All that I do cannot forgive my sin. You can do what man cannot do. And I am coming to you for the forgiveness of my sin in Jesus' name. He said he will forgive your sin. And I'd urge you before you leave to cry out to God for mercy to save your soul. We'd love it. If you need help, we'd love to help you. If you say this morning, I prayed to trust Christ as my Savior, if you would mention that to us, we'd love to be able to help point you in the direction how to grow in your life. If you're here today as a believer Is your heart filled with worship? Not just because he's all-powerful, but he's holy. He's infinite. He's self-existent. We need to think on God more. We need to think on him, and then our hearts will be lifted. It will humble us. It will strengthen our faith, and it gives us hope. What a blessing it is to be able to rest in him. Our God is a mighty God. Our God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful, and that will never change. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would cause every one of us to hear to 
today to realize in a fresh manner, in a little greater manner, what a powerful God you are. And Lord, I thank you that you can do what no man can do. It's evident in creation. It's evident in the creation of life. But Lord, most of all, it's evident that you alone can forgive sin. And Lord, I pray that if there is one here today who has never trusted you for the forgiveness of sin, that even today, even right now, while they're seated there, they would pray, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save my soul through Jesus Christ. And I rejoice that you still have the power to forgive sins when we call upon you. Lord, help every believer to be encouraged by the hope of, of trusting you and your omnipotent, everlasting arm that we can lean on. And that you are greater than he that is in the world. So, Lord, we rejoice in who you are, that you are the omnipotent one. And we look forward to the day when we will be of those multitudes gathered around your throne saying, The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Lord, until then, may we walk in your power, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.